Zone. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This is the time of year when that storytelling really unfolds at a lot of Wisconsin farms across the state of Wisconsin. They stand by and welcome big buses of uh, elementary kids to the farm to try to help them really understand about where their food comes from. But what about those kids that are in urban areas quite removed? From the farm. Well, guess what? Earlier this week at State Fair Park in West Dallas, they launched their inaugural Ag Discovery Day, helping kids in metropolitan Milwaukee really learn where their food comes from. We're going to hear from organizers on that later on. Morning, everyone. I'm glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Thank you again to Stephanie Hoff for stepping in and allowing me to take a couple days away from the microphone. We are going to be hearing from Stephanie this morning as we begin to introduce you to the individual candidates that would like to be our next Alice in Dairyland. The finale and final interview process begins a week from today down in Walworth County. We'll introduce you to our first Alice in Dairyland uh, candidate coming up later this morning. And Matt Trannel from Everag also stepping to the microphone. Lots of ground to cover. Weather-wise, what does the ground look like? Well, the good news is it's not covered with snow. And believe me, I don't take that lightly. For today, it looks like we're going to have partly cloudy skies. Daytime highs all the way up to 70 degrees. Tomorrow, 30% chance of rain, 70 degrees. Saturday, 10% chance of rain, 71. And Sunday, partly sunny, 20% chance of rain, 73 degrees. So we're definitely picking up those heat units pretty quickly. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, paints us a picture of what we can expect. That's coming up as well. Hey, just because Bavaria sausage has been around for 61-plus years doesn't mean they're not bringing new flavors. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew, ready to serve you at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchroda Road in Fitchburg, Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, or online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at BavariaSausage.com or Bavaria Sausage on Facebook. Hey, take a look at their new salami sticks, ready for the summer of 2023. They're wood-smoked and crafted using Central European recipes. Every bite's got bourbon flavor with a hint of vanilla, oak, and caramel. Plus, with 16 grams of protein, they're not only tasty, they're good for you. Energize you through the day. That's just one of the new products you can find at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Hey, and right now, you can get 25% off everything in the herring, fish, and caviar category. Go to BavariaSausage.com to find the details and get shopping today. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. The standard practices on the farms of tomorrow usually start with the researchers of today. Assistant Professor of Soil and Crop Science at UW-Platteville and Dairy Innovation Hub researcher Dr. Joe Sanford presented some of the research he is doing at a recent Dairy Innovation Hub event. And I got the chance to learn more about how manure management may change in the future thanks to the research going on at the UW-Platteville campus. Joe, give me the rundown on the research that you're doing at Platteville. So I was hired as a ag waste specialist um, through the Dairy Innovation Hub back in 2020. And so um, the research that I do primarily focuses on ag um, waste and primarily manure management systems. And so uh, a lot of the research I've done um, at Platteville has been looking at um, basically precision manure application research. So looking at different technologies to increase the nutrient use efficiency of the manure that we're spreading, which is a pretty hot topic right now with fertilizer prices so high. 
Um, and I also have done a lot of work with um, biochar um, and incorporating that into manure management systems. And so for those who might not know what biochar is, um, it's a kind of like an activated charcoal material um, that has a lot of different uses, uh, primarily used as a soil amendment, um, you know, different agricultural practices, and can improve nu uh, nutrient retention, reduce nitrate leaching, and um, other benefits as well. And so things I've been using biochar for in uh, my research group has been looking at how we can put biochar into anaerobic digesters to improve um, the biogas quality, particularly looking at using biochar to reduce hydrogen sulfide production um, in anaerobic digestion systems, which is a you know, huge cost to annual operating budgets for digester operators. Another project here that I'm presenting on is using biochar as a uh, manure storage cover. And so, you know, if we have low manure solids, we often have a lot of odors associated with those manure storages. And so one way we can deal with those odors is to apply a permeable cover like wood chips. But wood chips degrade fairly quickly and you don't get a lot of benefits out of them unless you're continuously reapplying those wood chips. And so we've been looking at biochar, which is hydrophobic, and so it, it floats a lot longer and also has a lot of interesting chemical properties as well. And so we've been looking at how we can apply biochar to the surface of manure storages to primarily reduce ammonia emissions off of manure storages and um, also potentially reduce greenhouse gas emissions like methane from manure storages as well. And what we found in that research is that, you know, applying certain types of biochar to the surface of the manure can almost eliminate ammonia emissions in our, our pilot studies. And so we're looking at taking that to the next step and looking at a little bit larger systems and testing those. I know on our farm we've had problems in the past with wood chips ending up in our manure pit. Is this a problem you're having to work out with biochar as well? We're, we're looking at different types of material, and so one material you can make biochar from is wood chips, which there could potentially be issues with agitating and, and damage as well. Um, but we're also looking at other materials, so you can make biochar from really any organic feedstock. And so we've also been looking at using corn stover, producing biochar from corn stover, applying that over the surface. Um, our upcoming study that we're going to be doing is looking at taking manure solids and taking those manure solids, putting them through the biochar process and using using those on this uh, cover. So, you know, we're hopeful with some of these less woody materials, it'd have potentially less impacts on some of those pumping systems that, you know, you might see with wood chips. Spring has sprung and there's lots of manure moving across the state with all things soil nutrients on the minds of many farmers. Tell me, what technology is out there that's going to be interesting to Wisconsin farmers? So, you know, with prices of fertilizer and so high, making sure we're using the resources we have and the manure that we have the, the best we can is, is really important, um, I think. And I might be a little biased because that's my research. Um, but um, so we've been, you know, looking at different methods to improve um, manure application nutrient use efficiency, particularly for nitrate and phosphorus. So um, we're looking at different technologies in terms of application that we can use that potentially improves the placement of manure um, so that um, you know, it's, it's where it's needed in the fields. Um, so kind of banding that manure um, with, with our seeding operations. And we've also been looking at using some technology that can actually read manure nutrients in real time. And so, you know, instead of relying on a composite sample that you may have sent out to the lab, 
there's technologies emerging on the market that can actually, if, if you incorporate them into your manure tanker systems or drag line systems, can actually read manure nutrients in real time. So give you the MP and K value, which we know of can vary depending on our agitation system, sometimes quite significantly when we're um, emptying those storages. And so using that to, to better utilize those nutrients so we're not over-applying or under-applying to our fields based on the changes that happens as those manure storages are being emptied. I think it's pretty fascinating that we can get so detailed right at the farm level and combining that data with our tools for precision planting can really make sure we are using our manure nutrients to their best potential. You're really dialing into exactly what the soil needs and where it needs to go. Yeah, and you know, on top of being able to, you know, read those nutrients in real time, that it also we can collect that data, you know, that's coming out of the back of that applicator, um, and so you know, we can know, you know, to a, a pretty well extent exactly what N was, what the P was, what the K was, depending on the technology that's being used and the manure source. You know, there's there's some error in there. But you have errors with labs as well. And so the benefit we see of this is, you know, you go out and do a manure application. You not only have used that resource, you know exactly what's going on. And so when you go back to, you know, supplement with synthetic fertilizers, then you have a better, better understanding of what exactly went on in the first place. And so that you can better meet the needs of those crops, too. So are we looking at a future where nutrient management plans will write themselves? Uh, you'll still need the nutrient management planners, you know, uh, the sampling out in the field and, you know, determining the, the rates that need to go out there. But in terms of determining manure nutrients, I, don't, I think labs are going to have an important, important part um, for verifying these technologies. But I do think it has a potential to really, really improve the accuracy and precision of manure application in future years. How far out are we from seeing this technology available commercially and used widespread across the industry? Well, it's already on the market. Um, there's some, you know, manufacturers that have these systems out there that can that you can purchase and in- incorporate onto your um, manure tankers and applicator systems. And so, right now, it's really a focus of on the research side of things, showing that it's worth the investment. Um, so, you know, with all technology, there's cost. And so before we invest in those costs, how much more beneficial is it going to be than sending a sample out to the lab? You know, how, how can we best utilize this system to you know, get the, the greatest value out of it? And so right now it's kind of where we're at is the, the technology is not necessarily new, but it's becoming more popular and so now we're trying to figure out all right what's the best use of this technology where is it most effective you know where will it be most useful for from a nutrient management perspective in that same vein when we look at what you're doing with biochar where is that in the research pipeline will we be seeing it on farms in the near future so in terms of on farm biochar production you know, I wouldn't say that's going to be happening anytime tomorrow. Um, it, it's a ways off, but my side of things is looking at ways that we can potentially use it you know, in manure management systems. There's other researchers out there that are kind of doing those techno-economic analysis is to look at what the costs would be, what the trade-offs would be of using these systems. And so anaerobic digestion, a few years ago, you 
10 years ago, there was a boom 10 years ago, but 20 years ago, you know, there wasn't a lot of that going on in the US. And so it might be something in the future we see on farm biochar production units to, you know, produce a little bit of renewable energy and also biochar that we can use for a soil amendment and to sequester carbon in the soil as well. That was Dr. Joe Sanford. He's an associate professor of soil and crop science at UW-Platteville and a researcher with the Dairy Innovation Hub. The research he is doing sounds like it will not only help farmers, but also make farms a smaller target when it comes to complaints from the non-farmers. It's definitely interesting stuff for sure. From the southern end of the Longest Barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor lineup at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile Chunk Gill. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook at Fabulous Farm Babe, on Twitter at Fab Farm Babe, or by downloading the Midwest Farm Report app. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether, like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see? What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps, life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Ham is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As we get rolling on a Thursday morning again, uh, time to check in on what's happening weather-wise. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me, live this morning. So it wasn't quite warm enough. I was over in Milwaukee with those kids that went to the first ever Ag Discovery Day. Not quite warm enough. Yankee wasn't ready, so I got a snotty nose. But then I got an email, a text from one of my farm broadcast buddies down in Springfield, Illinois, that tragedy that happened down there, 70 car pileups, six people died because of a dust storm. You know, you take a look around Wisconsin, Stu, and at least up until today, you'd be challenged to try to find dust. Oh, I think after the winds we've had though the last couple of days, if you can get out there and get it stirred up a little bit, there'll be dust. But nothing like what they had. I didn't realize no. that central Illinois was that dry already. Yeah, it hadn't registered with me that they dried out that much. But, well, you know, 
it can happen pretty easily, a little lighter soil in that area if they haven't had uh, the rain every several days and with the sun and the wind of this time of the year, it's just not that surprising. I mean, uh, from what I'm seeing, wind gusts are up to 34, 35 miles per hour. You get a good open area with a lot of worked up topsoil and you get that kind of a dust. That's just what happened. I think of times on the farm where you move along and all of a sudden that huge dust cloud comes around you. It's much that same situation, just on a grander scale and covered a highway is the unfortunate aspect. We're not that dry here yet. And I don't think we'll get that dry either. After all, we have a beautiful day in store today with high pressure just off to our southeast today. There'll still be some sunshine and a very nice day warming up as temperatures will, for most of us, head up into the 70s. A real nice warm-up as we get into this early May, but then there's going to be this little meandering warm front that builds into the state. Low pressure is off to our north this morning with a cool front in North Dakota and Minnesota, and that little meandering warm front's going to try to get here as well, and that could lead to some rain chances. There's some very scattered and light rain up in north-central Wisconsin this morning, in western parts of the UP. My expectation is we'll start to talk about that kind of a chance later tonight or into tomorrow. Scattered, very light showers rolling through with that meandering warm front in Wisconsin. That shower chance may linger into the weekend, might not dry out as much as we'd like. I'll have forecast details right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Depending on system size, typically 10 years is your payback. Then when you think about these these systems that we're selling have 25-year warranties for everything, the panels, the inverters, the racking, and 25-year workmanship warranty from us, it's generally about 15, 16, 17 years of making money on your investment. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. You can hear the corn grow. You can smell healthy soil after a good rain. And you know when your livestock are healthy, and when they're not. BioVet loves seeing healthy animals contribute to your farm's productivity and profitability as much as you do. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. All righty, Stu, let's have some more details on what we can expect. It's Now it looks pretty good from here through the rest of the week, huh? Well, with that little rain chance trying to slip in here, let's not be too worried by that. Mostly sunny today, really a nice day, and a lot of us should be in the low 70s. Lacrosse could even see a mid-70 already today, with the south winds about 5 to 15. Of course, that slight chance of rain tries to edge in for all of us quite late tonight or into the early morning hours of tomorrow, through the nighttime becoming mostly cloudy. And I'd expect low 50s, uh, not too cool, even some mid-50s toward the cross. South winds are going to be around 5 to 10. Friday, I'll call it partly sunny at times. There may be more clouds. And there's that slight chance of rain, a little scattered shower here or there, hit or miss. Maybe an afternoon thunderstorm could edge in. Rain amounts uh, generally a tenth of an inch or two, about all we may see. Still close to 70 and upper 60 here or there, very low 70s otherwise. South winds 5 to 15. Saturday, pretty nice, partly sunny skies. That small chance of rain in west and even central parts of Wisconsin may not hit the east till late in the day. And still near 70 or so. 
but a little more breezy Saturday, Pam. Southeast winds 10 to 20, gusts to 25, and still a very slight chance of scattered rain for Sunday, but mid-70s, so warming up nicely. All right, good deal. Thanks, Stu. Stu Mock, our Ag Meteorologist, with your Thursday update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank-you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design, create, actuate. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're talking, they will hear you every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, 
nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so. I... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it too. I'm not saying that Matt's gonna be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he gonna know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Rowdy's question is, which has more staying power? The Pirates staying in first place or the Cardinals staying in last place? That's <sighs> that's a really good question, dude. Like, that's a phenomenal question. Uh, the Buccos entered the month of May with the best record and run differential in the National League. Think of that. <laughs> what just happened over there, Rowdy? <laughs> The top just popped off. Oh, it was drinking. drinking some water, and the, his top just popped off and water. <laughs> uh, at least not the, the Very Twitch. little spillage on the computer. Did Twitch see that? Did you see that Twitch, or was that slightly off camera? I've, <laughs> I just saw Rowdy get a, a face full of water right there. <laughs> That's how surprising it is that the Pirates are in first place. The best record and run hey, differential. Maybe that, that spill here will, will clean up some of the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> the next best team entering the month of May was the Atlanta Braves. Like, think of that. Pittsburgh and Atlanta were atop of the NL. They say this was reminiscent when the two clubs met in the NL, uh, NLCS in 1991 and 1992. It is the year of 2023. So, I mean, which, which bodes, you would think the Pirates being in first place bodes more, bodes well for the Milwaukee Brewers then, right, Rowdy? Because that would have, in theory, I guess, by history and what we know about the Cardinals and the Pirates, Theoretically, that would mean the Brewers would have a better shot at winning the NL Central, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I would too. And I think if I had to vote in that poll, I think I would go with, weirdly enough, more staying power, Cardinals to be last. And the reason why I would pick the Cardinals is I don't have a ton of faith in the Pittsburgh Pirates outside of the first, man, I don't think they could do this into July. Yeah, like, I really don't think they can. Rowdy, look, that's right where I voted, right when you spilled water on yourself. Cardinals I, in last I place. I would probably go with Cardinals in last place, and the reason being is the bullpen hasn't been nearly as good as what they thought, and the starting pitching hasn't been good much at all. So, And we know as Brewer fans, if you don't got pitching, going far when you have sluggers doesn't really get you too far. How many times have we seen since you know the turn of the century – 
the Brewers have a really good slugging team, but absolutely no pitching. And then at the same time, when they've gotten some of their best pitching, it's when they've had some of their best teams, yeah. which also coincided with superstars like Ryan Braun and Prince sure. Fielder and, and Christian Yelich at the time, guys like that. But I mean, what won them a lot of games? It was their starting pitching. It was their good bullpen. Even in 2011, when they had Braun and, and all of those guys, they still had Yavani Gallardo, Zach Grinke, Sean Markham had a hell of a season. Yeah. Like They had good pitching. So the Cardinals look absolutely horrible. Uh, the Reds are in a clear rebuild and are bad. The, yeah. it, it, but if the Cardinals stay in last place, <laughs> wow! can you imagine how are their fans feeling? Because those are... Those are those are like dedicated, like those are good, blue blood fans. Yeah, good major league baseball fans. The fact that you had a team that was projected to be first and you finished behind Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So Cardinals are a dumpster fire right now. They look horrible. The Reds rebuild. The Cubs are trying to find an identity. Well, what are they? Veterans on short term deals, and then you have the Brewers. Looking at this in the NL Central, is the NL Central the most winnable division? If you're, I don't know, I guess looking at the Brewers, who, who is in contention for the NL Central? The Brewers and the Pirates? Well, I think overall. The Pirates? Cincy, we know Cincy is going to be bad. Like, Cincy's already below 500. That's not a team that's anticipating to to have make a run or compete. Yeah. The Pirates playing really, really well now, but we'll see when they fade. Yeah. Chicago feels like a team that can be pesky, but they're not ready to win or, or be a playoff contender. And then there's St. Louis, who is completely just cratering out right now as the Milwaukee Brewers. I know they lost last night, but I mean, they're 18 and 11. Yeah, I mean, they're a game and a half behind the Pirates. I feel like if the Pirates revert back to their mean, which most people would probably anticipate, isn't this just a hell of a head start for the Brewers? That's not like this. I know the Pirates are really good right now, but there's there's no way that the Pirates will be sustainable of this, right? Like, th- th- this is baseball. You play 162 games. There's no way. I'm looking right here at uh, 538, their little prediction website. They got the Pirates uh, finishing 82-80. and 80. They have the Brewers 91-71. and 71. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we're going to start picking up those degree growing days as we roll into the weekend. Today, partly sunny skies and 70 degrees. Tomorrow, 30% chance of rain, 70 degrees. Partly sunny on Saturday, 71. Partly sunny on on Sunday, 73. And we're easily into the mid and upper 70s front part of next week. I'm Pam Yankee. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget Matt Trannel from Everag is also going to be joining us on this uh, Thursday morning. It's the fifth, make that the fourth day of May. On this day back in 1904, the United States took over the construction of the Panama Canal. French engineers had started it in about 1881, but they abandoned it because 22,000 people lost their lives either through accidents or disease. So the United States picked up that project on this day back in 1904. On this day in 1953, Ernest Hemingway wins the Pulitzer Prize. It was for his novel, The Old Man and the Sea, which tells the story of a fisherman in his battle with a large marlin. He also earned the Nobel Prize for Literature with that piece on this day back in 1953. 1959, the Grammy was presented for the first time, and the inaugural winners were Ella Fitzgerald, 
Henry Mancini, and Frank Sinatra. Started on this day back in 1959. Happy birthday to uh, country music artist Randy Travis. He turned 64 on this date. Now you know. Well, it's a week from today when the final interview process begins for selecting our next Wisconsin Agriculture Ambassador. Alice in Dairyland finals begin next week in Walworth County. And we feel it's our responsibility to introduce you to each of the individual candidates that want to speak up for Wisconsin agriculture. Stephanie Hoff kicks off our campaign today. The Alice in Dairyland finals are coming up May 11th through the 13th in Walworth County. The six top candidates have been preparing for this three-day interview finale since they were announced in March. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and today we hear from top candidate Ashley Hagenau of Poinette. Ashley says she's running for Alice in Dairyland because she's always admired the program for connecting agriculture to a wide variety of consumers. If she gets the Alice in Dairyland position, she wants to reach more audiences outside of the state. One thing that I've really admired that former Alice's have done is really starting to spread the message about the Alice in Dairyland program and about Wisconsin agriculture outside of our state. I think it's so important to continue sharing those key messages and how Wisconsin agriculture contributes so much to our state's economy, especially outside of the state of Wisconsin, because as I've had conversations about the Alice in Dairyland program and our state's agricultural industry, it is so much fun to connect with folks outside of our state and really be able to connect and share some of those stories about Wisconsin agriculture. So that's certainly a goal of mine if I were to be selected to serve as Alice. Ashley, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your background in agriculture? I grew up in Poinette, Wisconsin, about 30 minutes north from Madison, and my journey in agriculture got started in 4-H and FFA, where I showed dairy cattle, horses, rabbits, and even cats at local fairs like the Columbia County Fair, Lodi Agricultural Fair, and also exhibited many years at the Wisconsin State Fair. And I was also very involved in dairy cattle judging and served in leadership positions, such as a 2018-2019 Wisconsin FFA state officer and made many lifelong connections with friends and mentors along the way. And my foundation in those organizations allowed me to gain so many skills, such as developing a hard work ethic, communication and public speaking skills, educational skills, and really solidified my love for the industry. And now I am a current student at the University of Minnesota, where I will graduate this May with a degree in agricultural communication and marketing with minors in animal science and agricultural and food business management, and I have been involved in a few organizations related to agriculture, such as the Gopher Dairy Club, National Agri-Marketing Association, Agriculture Future of America, and on the Dairy Challenge and Dairy Judging Teams. And I've also held various internships, such as with CHS as a marketing and communications intern with various marketing agencies in the Twin Cities, and most recently with Progressive Dairy in an editorial internship and as a media intern for World Dairy Expo. And these experiences have more have gained storytelling skills to add to my journey in the industry as well as have allowed me to highlight the importance of all of the people that make events and stories and really those special moments possible in agriculture. 
I think your story on showing cats probably gives some kids around the state of Wisconsin some good it's ideas. It's really fun. I'm not going to lie. And it, we, it was just a really fun experience that I didn't do for too long, but it's certainly really fun to talk about. Did the cats ever get blue ribbons? Yeah. You know, I think one year we had like a reserve grand champion with my cat, Ringo, who was a barn cat that we took out for the day and he won a prize. So that was pretty fun. I want to ask you, what do you think gives you an edge uh, among the other top candidates? Well, certainly I want to acknowledge that all of us as top candidates are so qualified for this position. And it's been so much fun to connect with all the fellow candidates who I've either known from previous experiences and organizations <laughs> or have gotten to know in the last couple of days. And just hearing everyone's story in agriculture and what led them to this opportunity is really fun. But certainly some of the skills that I think are very important for Alice and Dairy Lind and that I've been able to grow and develop in my time in agriculture Culture, have been those public speaking skills, those communication and marketing skills to build social media campaigns and create graphics and write stories and really share those key messages. And it's also very important to be able to connect and have those soft skills as Alice and Daryl to have conversations about agriculture, as I mentioned previously, with a wide variety of people. And that's really are some of the key skills that come to mind as Alice and Daryl and so much more, but are certainly skills that I feel like I have gained so far in the industry. And I'm really excited to continue expanding and growing upon. Regardless of the outcome of this interview process to become Alice, what do you want to get out of this experience? This is such an incredibly unique opportunity to just continue learning about agriculture, especially Wisconsin's diverse agricultural industry and all of the commodities we produce, such as cranberries and ginseng and potatoes and corn. Beef and dairy are part of that as well, and how it's such an economic driver for the people of Wisconsin. So that's first and foremost skills and knowledge that I will carry with me throughout my career. Ashley Hagenow along with us. One of the six top candidates vying for the 76th Alice and Dairyland position will be Introducing all of the top candidates here on the show and online at MidwestFarmReport.com. The Alice and Dairyland Finals will be May 11th through the 13th in Walworth County. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Thanks, Stephanie. And don't forget, tickets still available for some of the events down in Walworth County next week. Just go to AliceInDairyland.com. Markets this morning in Chicago still under pressure and going lower. Right now, December corn's down three cents at 527. November beans are down four at 1268. July wheat, that's currently unchanged, 639 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained two and three quarter cents to 158 and a half. 40 pound black cheese was up two and three quarter cents as well at 169. Double A butter up two at 244 and a quarter per pound. The fluid milk for June this morning is up three cents, 1711 a hundredweight. Talking more about the dairy markets in just a moment with our friend Matt Trannell from Everag. You know, this is the time of the year when a lot of Wisconsin farms welcome the yellow school bus with all kinds of elementary kids looking to learn more about where their food comes from. But what do you do if you're in a metropolitan area and uh, farms not nearby? Well, earlier this week, I got a chance to attend the inaugural Ag Discovery Day at State Fair Park in West Dallas. It was a tremendous success. Tess Kirkson, Public Relations Coordinator with State Fair Park, explains. When we reached out to teachers, I mean, we didn't know what to expect. It's our first time ever doing it. We received a 1,000 students signed up within 
days. We were overwhelmed with the response, so we had to shut off the sign-up sheet right away because it's our first time ever doing yeah. it. But we were able to welcome these 700 students. Few couldn't come because of transportation issues and things like that. So we ended up with 700 students for the first year, which I think is the perfect amount to really experience 22 different hands-on stations to learn about you know, horse mane and horse care, to learn about bees, different commodities from the state. I mean, there are so many different elements of agriculture, as we all know, and exposing these children to the different elements of agriculture is absolutely incredible. And you see the joy on their face when they're making slime or they're, you know, doing bubbles with byproducts from animals and learning about that experience. It's just amazing to see their faces light up. Tess Kirkson, she is the public relations coordinator for State Fair Park in West Dallas. Like she said, over 700 third through fifth grade students from right around that West Dallas area, all at State Fair Park, truly trying to learn where their food came from. And I got to tell you, some of the teachers were learning right along with the kids. I'm glad that they have committed to bringing it back in 2024. Well, we're bringing him back in just a moment, Matt Trattle with Everag. Step into the microphone next to give us a quick update on what's happening with the markets and dairy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Lions Farm and Fleet is your one-stop shop for all your seasonal supplies. Like a 115-volt Hobart Handler 140 MIG welder, on sale $649.99. Five quart jugs of Valvoline full synthetic motor oil in assorted grades, $22.99 after $10 mail-in rebate. And stay safe with auto darkening welding helmets from KT, available in a variety of patterns, priced at $69.99. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Are you a non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of Lyuna Union Labor to work for you. When you join Lyuna, you get the pay you deserve, plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with Lyuna because you're worth it. Learn more at liunawisconsin.org slash join. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a Thursday morning, and that means it's time for us to try to catch up with our friends at Everag. This morning from the Platteville location should be Matt Trannell. We were having some technical issues. Are you there now, buddy? 
I am here. Okay, good. Glad to hear it. So we have uh, not as much time as we do topics we want to discuss, Matt. So let's get started. First, I want to know what you're hearing in the dairy markets about India. People are going to say, wait a minute, Pam, India, a dairy country? But apparently they've got some livestock affliction that has been thinning their herd so much so that for the first time in like two decades, they may become a buyer on the world market. Is this correct? Is it making any kind of ripples? Yeah, so that is uh, absolutely correct. So the culprit is a disease called lumpy skin disease. And essentially what it does is it causes blisters on their dairy cattle. And as we know, anytime you have any type of uh, uncomfortable situation for a dairy animal, it will affect their production both in the short term and also uh, more longer term. And so it's estimated that this lumpy skin disease has affected around 200,000 head within their herd. And for the first time in about 15 years, they may not grow milk production, depending on how bad it does end up getting. Uh, you look back at the, at least the last 15 years, and we've seen growth rates on milk production anywhere from like 4 to 7%. Right now, the estimate is that they will still grow in production by nine-tenths of a percent, but ultimately that number can, can obviously change. Uh, the other culprit that we're seeing too, and this kind of goes back to uh, the coronavirus pandemic, and, and obviously we're still dealing with some of that, those effects here in the United States as well, but uh, ultimately during the, the COVID pandemic, uh, there was a lot of issues in regarding uh, getting veterinarians to the uh, farms to artificially inseminate uh, cattle. And so right now there's also just a, a lack of, of cattle going into the, the milking herd just due to slow breeding during that particular uh, period of time. And so when you look at India, like I said earlier, they're dealing with a lot of the same issues. They're, they're dealing with very high milk prices likely that will be at all-time highs. They're dealing with high inflation across various other sectors as well. And so there's a lot of political pressure uh, put on uh, the Indian government in order to bring down prices, make them manageable, and also just make sure that there's enough supply for their people to uh, enjoy dairy products and, and the benefits that come with it. So yeah, there's absolutely some some uh, some things happening here. Uh, the Indian government is likely to be forced to uh, offer some duty-free imports of butter and skim milk powder, uh, specifically. A lot of those will likely come from the Oceania market, but as we know, if if their product gets pulled into India, it likely allows some opportunity for the United States and Europe to fill the gaps for which they might have moved product from. And so this is something to keep an eye on. India is a very, very large market, both for consumption, but also for uh, production. And so uh, this is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I've, I think this is the first time I've had a conversation about dairy and India. But like you said, big population and a story we'll keep, keep people posted on. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about what's going on in global demand. Did we have an auction this week? Matt, how did it look? Yeah, so we had a global dairy trade that came out on Tuesday, and 
I don't know that two rounds in a row of higher trade on global dairy trade, if I'm ready to call it a trend change just yet. But I do think that some of what is happening in India may have led to a little bit of support in the global dairy trade. It certainly should not have hurt. But on Tuesday, we were up 2.5% on the overall index. Essentially, all products except for anhydrous milk fat were higher Anhydrous milk fat was down 2.4%, but we watched butter jump 2.4%. Right now, we're sitting at $2.19 a pound. We saw cheese, so the cheddar market over there, uh, add 4.5%. Their cheese price is at 206 That is supportive compared to our spot dairy prices here in the United States. We're right around that $1.55 area. Uh, skim milk powder was up 1.5%. That is one of the products that India would would need to uh, import. And whole milk powder was also at 5%. So really the, the majority of the index that was offered was higher other than anhydrous milk fat. And so that should give some support or at the very least to the United States market, it should allow uh, a better look at exports, which is really what the United States needs in order to make that back half of the year feel a little bit better. Right. And that's uh, the other message we kind of want to keep uh, drilling home is when these opportunities present themselves, do not look a gift horse or gift cow in the face. Take advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any of these uh, discussions, whether it's uh, the story on India, whether it's the GDT, we want to make sure that nobody becomes complacent, given that uh, maybe we have an opportunity here. At the end of the day, you look at the upper Midwest, you look at the United States as a whole, we're still swimming in milk. You talk to any processor out there, they're having a tough time getting rid of spot loads that they cannot process into cheese or their various products. So look for opportunities, still capitalize on them. Look right now, potentially into the second half, you'll notice that especially the fourth quarter, we have a huge carry right now in the spot market. We're trading 16 to $17 in the May and June market. But you look out at, at uh, the fourth quarter and we're $19. That looks a little bit better with the uh, drop that we've seen in corn and soybean meal as of the last two weeks. Right. Yeah, like you said, the bottom line is uh, pay attention. Don't get caught up just on spring planting ideas and not, not manage your markets. How can they get a hold of you, Matt, if they need to talk? We're running tight on time. Yeah, best, best way to do it is to give me a call. Number is 608-960-4781. Beauty. Or ever.ag can get you connected as well. All right, my friend, appreciate the update. I'm sure that we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about next week. Have a good day. Yep, you too. All right, Matt Trannell joining us live this morning from the Platteville office for EverAg. And like you said, a kind of a developing story in a different region than we normally pay attention to as far as uh, dairy is concerned, India making the news. We'll see what other news we can bring your way as we kick off Friday tomorrow morning. Hang on, it's going to be a beautiful day.